Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. Time on Dungeon Ball Z. No, this time on Dungeon Ball Z. Last, God damn it! <laughs> Last time on Dungeon Ball Z. At some point in time, something there was occurred. a montage. Yes. That, that I'm leaving it at that. Um, God. The group is ready to roll out of Gira. They have several villagers in tow. The uh, babbling man, the vacant man. And the three others who are still unconscious uh, over a day later. Uh, speaking of the villagers who are coming with us, is Shaylin one of them? Yes, she is driving Maximilian's cart. Which is not Maximilian's old cart. They got a new cart. They scavenged. They got a new cart? I feel so happy for them. Well, the other one kind of got destroyed in Starlight. <laughs> there was another one that they salvaged. And so... Man, their poor marriage... Like, do you even come back from this? That's so rough. So these people set in following behind. Important names in the crowd are Shaylin, Maximilian, Liliana, the halfling acolyte of Kraluze, the shy little halfling girl. You depart from Gira, heading out the south gate the way you came. The townsfolk that remain see you off and remain by the gate until you fade into the weave of the forest. You continue some time until eventually you make it back to the main road. You turn and begin heading towards Thorn, perhaps with such a laden caravan of sorts. Moving slowly, you expect to be in Thorn in a few days. At the end of that night, I would like Riley to make a will save, and I would like Leaf to make a will save. Gee, I don't like the sound of that. Um, yeah, that's bad. Is this before or after I go to sleep? After. Uh, okay. Total of 20. Let's, uh, let's fail a will save real fast. Oh, never mind. 19. Alright. So, Riley, you have these dreams Uh, Much like ones you've had before where it's things like you've seen, but you feel like there's this structure behind them. The cogs in the sky that you saw before, an eye seemingly behind them, but there, but not there. And these echo through your mind. Ultimately forming and culminating a larger picture. 
though not in a visual way, you eventually conceive this image in your mind, in your dreaming mind. Many turning cocks made not of brass or iron, but some sort of hard, dark material that's glossy, almost organic. You see, amidst every circle, a wandering iris, many different types, from cat-like to goat-like to human-like, others without pupils, and others even more alien. They look here and there, every direction, but this picture coalesces in your mind. There is a great central cog in which uh, the iris for a moment appears to be the moon until it becomes this great eye with which is filled with unfathomable detail. Do you look into it? Oh, gee, that's a good question. Uh, damn. Okay. I, in this situation, I do feel like Riley's curiosity would get the better of him. So he would be willing to explore the depths of this apparent dream. So, yes. As you lock your sight into this eye, you would find that it was already trained upon you. The many other irises amidst the cogs and circles turn to face you. And now you feel almost as if though it is splayed before you as if you were surrounded. The main eye growing ever closer yet not at the same time, almost like it itself, though being a sphere that surface turns away from you, is in its own way surrounding to you. You grow closer, seeing ever more. You feel like there's secrets hidden amongst the ridges and veins of this iris. You feel as if everything you could ever want to know, hope to know, lie within this vast, almost fractally infinite ocean of polychromatic ridges. And you feel something, like a voice from within you. No words, but you understand. You see. Assuming you're waiting for a response. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, perhaps, but I know not what. This is for things that are closed. Secrets peered between gaps. Lies and truth. All things. Difficult to understand for those without permission. 
What are you? I am the key, the gate, and the guardian. I am truth. Then, why am I here? I have seen you among many others, but it is you who are the first to look back and see me. You brought yourself here. And during this time, as you conversate with it, the this weird feeling of being surrounded grows ever more powerful as the pupil, which is quite small, grows ever closer, but seemingly still distant. It takes up more and more of your range of consciousness. Though the iris filled with all these many broken secrets uh, still takes up the bulk of everything. Then, what do you want from me? Nothing. But what is it that you want? What truth can grant you power should you seek it at your own risk? There are many things that I would wish to know if only to be better prepared or to answer questions left of my past but still I have a strong feeling that these are things for myself to uncover and not for an eye in the sky to tell me I would tell you nothing I would simply be capable of opening the gate and what's beyond this gate information knowledge answers yes and what is it you ask in return I ask nothing it is your own risk or to know too much is dangerous. Are you strong enough? Are you brave enough? So, uh, like, I, I know this has been described as a dream, but considering we're carrying on a conversation, I feel like there's a strong sense of lucidity here. Um, Absolutely. It's very so, trippy uh, in a way, but definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, so the interesting things that I think Riley's going through uh, on those two very simple questions, you know, are you strong enough and are you brave enough, especially leading with are you strong enough, is um, he, he struggles with not being sure at that point um, in terms of his own strength. Just having the, the, the conversation with Tava um, from a couple of days ago and not being able to save Weiss or the, the, the people touched by Zong Kuthan 
he's honestly not sure if he is strong enough um, just in general not even just for the specific thing um, but the follow up of are you brave enough he uh, stubbornly knows he is um, and I, I guess at the end of being uh, taken aback a little bit by the questions he admits both of these facts that's he's not certain if he has the strength to handle this or even if he should but that it's almost unfair of this uh, entity to uh, taunt him by calling out his courage the choice is yours uh, you will notice a a small point uh, not a light almost like a reflection uh, coming from the center of the pupil and it will approach you swiftly you'll notice that it is a small perfectly reflective sphere something something strange about it almost as if it reflects as if it were not as smooth as it feels or looks its reflections are strange you may take the key and open the gate if you believe that you must uh okay what i would like to do uh based with this choice is um i feel like riley's rational side uh is kind of telling him you know like don't don't mess around with things you don't really understand but also riley has a very strong habit of leaping head first into uh dangerous or otherwise situations that he doesn't really understand so what i think i'd like to leave this choice up to especially in the scape of this uh this dream-like setting you've painted is uh leave it up to a uh, a will save if he can beat 15 uh, i think he'll abstain but if he fails he'll just dive in if that sounds right. appropriate to you however you want to play it <laughs> great good let's uh Let's solve some in-character problems with die rolls. Uh, okay, well, that's a nat one. So, um, yeah, uh, calling uh, out Riley's sense of bravery really um, kicks him into gear. So he ends up convincing himself that even if he's not somehow strong enough to handle whatever lies on the other side of the store, if anything, that he can certainly rise to the challenge. So uh, I guess he bites into the uh, plot hook you're dangling in front of me. <laughs> As you reach out and take what you believe is the key, your mind is suddenly filled with the realization that it is not the key. You are surrounded by the key. It is the gate. And as you take it, you feel yourself not in a painful way, but in an understanding way. Kind of folding inside out and like you're going inside of the thing inside your hand while that thing inside your hand is also around you while it's in your hand so weird ass concept but i'm following description <laughs> yes uh but beyond i need you to uh i want you to go ahead and line up any questions you have uh, 
that you would like to ask, and I need you to line them up first before we do anything. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right. Um, Literally anything. Okay. Uh, all right, I guess I have to type them out for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't know if you want to cut away from me while I think about some questions or anything. All right, uh, sure, I can go on to what Hats is uh, dreaming Great. about. Sounds like a good what plan. Leaf is dreaming about. Yeah. To Leaf, you are also having a little bit of a strange dream, though it's a lot less trippy, a little less uh, oogity boogity eyeballs. You're having a dream, a nightmare almost, that fight with the chitin. You saw Vox fall, you felt your emotions take over, seething anger at the monsters before you, the evil the darkness that needed to be culled. Unlike what you know to be true, however, in the dream, Box dies, Riley runs out and is cut to bits by the creatures. Tava runs forward towards the chitin and is summarily smote by him, leaving just you and this evil entity. And Brock? Brock isn't there yet. The creature approaches you you feel yourself unable to move unable to act rage driving you forward but a crippling fear holding you back it approaches brock emerging from the end door as and begins screaming as black fire eats away at him the chitin approaching you making you feel powerless as he begins to cut into you, turn you into the very things that you were fighting. Near the end of this dream, as your mind is at the edge of what is real and what is a dream, the chitin shines brightly and is burned away by a searing silver light. Standing behind him as this horrid fear eats into you, and as it begins to slowly dissipate, this figure dressed in gray armor, etched intricately, black and white feathers coming from the helmet, a tattered cloak with various degraded but still present noble sigils upon the cloth, stands there, hand outstretched and silver fire dancing around the edges. Just kind of reach out immediately for it. No hesitation. You feel the blood and viscera re-enter your body. It's, it's guttural and disgusting. Painful, but soothed. It pulls you to your feet. This silver flame dancing around your hand, it does not burn, nor is it cold. As you come to your feet, it releases you. He's just giving this person like a hard, curious stare. Like, who who are you? A feminine voice rings out. I am one who would sing to the death of darkness as your soul sings for it. What are you doing here? The, these horrors, I've seen them before. Saving you from your torment. And I feel that you too could join in the crusade. 
just kind of like looks back to see like what remains of his friends that he saw get scattered and chopped. They're no longer mutilated or, or scorched. They are simply gone. The area around you, all the death, the, the flames and the gore, it, it's gone. It's still that dark, twisted version of Gira, but it's somehow just emptier, lacking the wholesomeness of its true self or the evil of the chitin. Uh, I, I think Leaf would want to ground himself a bit more solidly in wherever it is that they're there. It's, it's, it's really hard to focus in the center of all this destruction. Could I, like, spend, like, a mythic power or, or something to, to kind of, like, change the area somewhat in this imagination? Are you, you're trying to dream shape? basically uh, sure I basically like turn it from like a desolate scorched clearing to, to maybe like have some plant life and some like wildflowers or something like that but but yeah uh, he, he definitely like looks back and he kind of feels that emptiness when he, he doesn't like see his friends uh, and, I make mean, a it's... charisma check sure ooh that's an 18 alright so you do this, and you feel some resistance, but you are able to call into into being some some life in in the surrounding area. Yet, still, you know that deep within yourself that this is, in its own way, still all an illusion. But it does make you feel better. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, he, he just, like, looks back and he closes his eyes for a second and then whenever he opens them back up, it's it's changed somewhat, less less horrific. <sighs> so he takes a breath and he turns back to this figure and, uh... You, you said you're here to fight the darkness? I am. The darkness, the evil... The vile things that cling to the soul. I am here to cleanse them. Sometimes they burn away like ash, leaving nothing. And others, there are sometimes shards left behind, impurities in the dark, things left over made only of light. Well, the things that we've faced... I'd much prefer nothing be left than ashes instead of the sickness that's left where they tread. I felt that you would agree. What do you want with me? I sensed something. A death of darkness. And I felt you. I know you aren't the one who killed it, but... You are the one that willed its death the most. I, I can't say I'm quite so used to that type of thinking. Hoping for the end of another being. But seeing the horrors that were committed in Gira, It can't be allowed to continue. 
It was not a life. It was a bastardization, evil incarnate. Darkness in life and death. So, how, how can I help in this cleansing? Join the crusade. And she holds out her hand, and a moat of silver fire uh, will appear in it. Our power is unleashed. Take it. He just reaches out for it. As you take it, uh, add to your notes one granted uh, order mana. And you also feel around your very essence as if there is this this armor now, almost. So, something as if you feel like you are now armed in the battle against darkness. He, he just kind of like looks himself over and uh, I, I, I thank you for the gift. How how can I repay you, or how, how can I help further your cause? You will know now. When darkness spreads, the light will call for it. It will call for its end. I see. Then we'll... I'll continue to seek the path that leads to its swift end. And I will seek it wherever I may roam. And then Metallica plays as she starts walking off into the distance and everything fades into darkness. <laughs> the mantles. I was thinking of darkness imprisoning me all that I see the entire time. <laughs> so I'm very glad that you also did a Metallica thing. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, she would turn as as she's leaving. Uh, you see the landscape stretch around her, like you know the focus shot where like everything that's in the distance seems to get really close really fast. Yeah, it's like the environment is doing that. Everything is getting very close except for her. She almost seems to be moving away even quicker because of it. Uh, do you do or say anything in these final moments of your dream? What's your name? She turns quite distant, it seems. I have no name. And there's a flash of light and you wake up. Oh, good. I'll write that down. Like I guess he he like startles awake, and realizes that he's like coated the carriage in like fresh growth. But you would find that they are in interesting configuration. These plants have formed themselves into a lattice almost that has grown over your body, very much reflecting until you move and pull them away. Very much reflecting the very intricate designs that were on her armor <laughs> interesting uh, <laughs> oh man I just uh, shrubbed my bed oh no <laughs> uh, yeah I guess he, he just kind of sits up and he's uh, he's probably awake oh 
snow peas. Um, yeah, he, he just like sits up in bed and uh, stand up and I, I guess like open up the back and uh, just take a look out outside. All right. Well, we're going to pause and go yeah. back to Riley's dream. <laughs> uh, have you have you figured out your questions yet? Yes, I have a list of six questions. However, we get through however you want to do it is fine. But right. they are in descending order. And okay, I did good. think about this a lot in terms of loyalties and all of that. And I think I'm finally settled on the list order. So, all right, we will begin with the first one. Great. What is the so question? The first question's uh, a bit of a power question. I'm uh, swinging for the hills on this one. So, the question for the safety, security, and prosperity of the civilized world as Riley knows it, which god idols should be placed at the top of the spires and how? Oof, an open-ended one. Make me a will save. <laughs> sure. Oop. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll keep that nat one since it flung out of my hand. <laughs> you are overwhelmed with answers. Many possibilities. Some good. All of them good. All of all of them wonderful and and great, but in different ways. Uh, there, you don't see a perfect way, but you know many and. Ultimately, I think what you gain from this is that a good balance of a little bit of everything, chaos, law, good, and evil, there has to be balance. That is that is what I think you come to the best conclusion of overall, uh, looking at all of these answers. Uh, but you do feel very overwhelmed. What is your next question? Okay. Um... The second question is um, about what actually happens to his father. So you seek this out. Give me a will save. Yes. God, I hope for a third nat one. That'd be great. Okay, that's a total of 18. All right. You seek out this answer and you find yourself standing in a southern Helosian town amidst the many great plains. You see an orc raiding party assaulting the town. Many of the guards have already fallen. Your father stands near the middle of town uh, fighting off at least three of these individuals. You see riding up on one of their war beasts. Not an orc, but a human. He looks very strong and wields a great sword. And it is he, as he rides up to your father, and slams his sword down into his shoulder. That uh, you you see in that single motion, not a breath remaining, the light leave your father's eyes. You learn a bit about this individual. His name is Gareth. He was a human slave, raised in what is known to the orcs as the pit, a place to fight where the slaves would die against beasts and monsters and other slaves. But Gareth never fell. Gareth continued to fight. Until eventually, the son of the chieftain, who had been disgraced in a raid, was placed to fight against him. The chief had told him, Whoever survives this battle is my son. 
and it was Gareth that emerged victorious, becoming a part of the clan. Believing himself a part of the clan, that orcs are indeed better than humans. You find him being betrayed by another brother, falling and time passing, the sun baking his flesh away, rusting his armor, until one day a darkness crept across it, the rust undone, the steel hardened, and the husk of Gareth rising from the sand. You follow his travels swiftly and vaguely until the night of the new year where he could be seen stalking the streets of starlight, killing all those who came in his way. Eventually, a battle erupted. Paladins and guards fighting. Other people, overall, just chaos. Chaos and blood. For you see him vanish and are standing in a war zone. See before him Gorum, the god of war, granting him power just as you were granted power. And you know that this is the secret that Caden kept from you. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. You're good. No, I like it. Like it, it's a lot of information and it's a lot for Riley to take in on a personal level. Um, but out of game, I like it a lot. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Third question. <clears throat> the third question uh, pertains to the people that we're bringing to Thorn. It's how do we restore those afflicted by Zankuthan's torment? Meaning, how do we restore the people that we're traveling to Thorn with from uh, all the, 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 the fucked stuff they've uh, kind of been through? Okay, so go ahead and give me another will save. That one's a 13. This is the first one where it's going to give you an option. Do you want the knowledge of how to do it yourself? Or do you want the way to, like, where to take them and how well it works and and whatnot? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Briley's, I think, sensible enough to realize that, like, this sort of thing is a little bit outside of his grasp. So he's kindly, keenly focused on, like, who do I need to talk to or, you know, where do I need to go to make this happen? Uh, as a note, um, you would be aware that there is the knowledge there that you could do this now if you take it. But you also aware that it's dangerous. Well, fuck. Okay. Just as another another point, like this, this choice is apparent to you. Okay. Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, he he needs to believe that there's someone in the world other than him capable of doing this. So he's going to bank on finding who or what can restore them outside of himself for this one. Once again, you gain a great many answers. However, you would find that middling success could be found in Thor. A perfect success would require a fairly dangerous and very luck-based journey across the sea to Solaria, where you understand that there are many variables that could turn it southward very quickly. And I mean that not in direction-wise, but in a, it, it gets yeah. shitty quick. Yes, yes. Okay. So 
you essentially understand the choice of there's a more dangerous journey that can bring these people back to how they were before. And there is a safer journey for them and for you that will aid them some. Okay. I mean, I, I guess that helps just to know that there's something else outside of just going to Thorn. So that works. All right. Great. What is your next question? Uh, the next one is simply, uh, where is Victoria currently? All right. Uh, a very simple question. Uh, make me a will save. Don't roll a one. I rolled a seven. All right. Uh, she's in Solaria. Not too far from her old home. Oh, great. Good. She's going to go do the thing without me. Perfect. Awesome. And she's with a group of three other people. Okay. Great. Okay. As long as... I, I, yeah, that answers kind of what he needs to know relative to uh, Victoria. So that's fine. Okay. Uh, next one. Yeah, yeah. So this is the fifth one. Then I have the sixth one. Then I'm out. So this question is... Uh, tried and true to Riley's heart, would his parents be proud of who he currently is? Make me another will save. That one's a total of ten. Do you want the big answer, or do you want littler answers? I, I feel like a single word response of yes or no wouldn't really move him well enough, so if given the choice considering this is something that he'll the information he'll never be privy to no matter how much he like looks on his own he'd look for um probably more all right make me another will save great these are his uh worst save so i'm loving this <laughs> to be fair you're not necessarily trying to pass something Oh, okay. Well, that's fair because this is my third nat one in this encounter for a total of three. Okay. Um, that is that one. Unfortunately, is not good. Great. Good. All right. I so love it. you basically have to endure the knowledge of everything you've ever done right and everything you've ever done wrong from the viewpoints of your parents. So with with everything that, for everything that they praise you for, there's another thing that you understand that you would have been admonished for, or that they would have been disappointed in you. Overall, you have a feeling that yes, they would have been proud of you. You can't shake this deep, unsettling, almost shame every little thing that you've ever done wrong in their eyes. Okay. Um. You know what? Honestly, I feel like that's a fair trade-off. Um, ju just for the uh, understanding that, yeah, they'd be fine with it. Um, but, you know, all these other things, you know, probably could, he could, probably could have done better. And, um, like, I, you know, he obviously uh, is stuck with that awareness. But I, I think even he is like, yeah, that's that this understanding is a fair trade-off. Especially for people he'll never be able to talk to again. So... Okay. Um, last question? Last question. Great. The last question I had on my uh, roster goes something like, why Riley specifically, why was he specifically given the opportunity to do this, to explore truths? Um, like, what is it that separated him from, like, anyone else? Or why 
you know, was he... Because I, I think the, the, the truth, to call it, said that he looked back. But why was he even given that opportunity in the first place compared to anyone else? All right, make me a will save. I'd love to. I don't know how well it's going to do, but... I should stop rolling this die. I, I, I have other D20s here. It's a total of five. I'll summarize the answer first. Great. And then tell you why. Sure. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing at all. Because you gain this deep, horrifying understanding of this creature. That this creature is indeed truth. The gate, the key and the Guardian. It is all of this, and it is what protects all of this. It is the barrier, and it is the opening. And compared to it, and its consciousness, you, everyone on your world, your world itself, are nothing. Insignificant, specks of dust on a speck of dust, on a pile of dust, amidst a great empty nothingness. So, basically, raw, dumb luck. Cosmic chance. All right. And to clarify, that is not this creature's opinion of you. This is, like, it's not looking down on you. Oh, you're so insignificant. It doesn't even care about you. This isn't even necessarily it interacting with you. This is you interacting with it. Okay. Yeah, I follow, and I, I think Riley has a decent int score, so um, I, I think he's able to kind of logic his way through at least a chunk of that. Go ahead and make me an intelligence check at the tail end of that. Oh, jeez. I should have said that, because this is going to be bad. <laughs> oh, th- this isn't This isn't going to be bad. It's just whether you see, quote-unquote, see something or not. Sure, sure. Oh, gee, look at that. I rolled below a 10. That's a 6. I said I'd roll a different die. Why didn't I? Okay. You don't notice. Great. Good. That's fine. Didn't want to notice anyways. You awaken. Yes. Immediately. Leaf, would you sleep near Riley? Riley, would you sleep near Leaf? I mean, I can't imagine there's too much room in our big, awesome gypsy cart. So, assuming we're both sleeping in the cart, then probably. Uh, I pictured Riley sleeping outside um, as long as the like weather's relatively fine. But considering all our travel companions and everything, yeah, I feel like he's sleeping outside. Okay. So, Leaf, when you got up, pulled yourself out of your little uh, plantagerie and, and went to look outside, you would have seen Riley uh, just as he was waking up. Make me a perception check. Perception? Ta-da! That's a 13. <laughs> so I, I think that's enough. It, it probably wouldn't take a lot. As he opens his eyes just in that moment, you can tell that something terrible, perhaps it was a nightmare, uh, it almost looks as if they're there has been something that has changed in him. He just kind of clears his throat to maybe get Riley's attention. Is this everything all right? So I feel like when Riley woke up, there is this uh, very distinct moment 
where like his first impulse is to just kind of uh, yell. Um, I mean, he got some information. Um, he got a little some lackluster information, but he got a big chunk of very important information for him. And um, I, I feel like waking up with the realization of exactly what actually happened to his dad um, would cause him to almost like wake up screaming. But um, the, what catches in his throat is that he knows he's traveling with now like a dozen people or so. And uh, he just kind of holds that in as he like just sits up upright, you know, and just sits there until I guess Leaf clears his throat. And uh, I feel like as the effects of the dream fade in those that that like one or two seconds as you awaken, you're painfully aware of your surroundings. Almost, you know what every every blade of grass and its orientation you know every grain of dirt you know the exact way that leaf is standing and you know exactly what's going on i'd say within 30 feet of you down to like a near nanometric scale <laughs> just for that split second <laughs> that's fucking weird so okay so i take it back it's not the realization that he's traveling with other people and it'd be rude to wake them up it's that that stops him from yelling <laughs> so he gathers himself momentarily then leaf clears his throat to make his presence known um so uh riley will uh look over towards the carriage and i guess see leaf peering out like a window i mean i figured there were like doors in the back or, or something yeah, like, I figured he was coming out of it. Okay. And, um... Yeah, he'll, uh... Steadily stand up. And, um... Take a moment or two, but... Uh, approach Leaf. Doing that thing where he, like, begins to... He slows down as he gets within Leaf's, like... Sociable radius. But then walks by him as if, like, you know, come with me. Let's talk for a little bit. He, he just nods, yeah. Uh, I think a walk might might be nice. And, uh, like, I'm sure, like, Box is just kind of, like, looming over the uh, the carriage, the wagon, and uh, says, uh, watch over them for me. It shouldn't be gone long. And uh, just kind of walks off with Riley. <laughs> Great. We have a nice uh, midnight stroll into the woods. Riley, as you're walking with Leaf, uh, you, whenever you look at him, it doesn't happen. But as you're walking along, whenever your back is turned to him or he's out of your sight, it sounds like he's walking with, uh, almost like he's dressed in full plate, heavy armor. It sounds almost menacing. That's fucking weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if that happens more than two times, he's going to address that. Uh, which also, uh, Leaf, you don't notice this. Nobody else seems to. So, yeah, like, I, I guess around the third time, uh, Riley notices that just while they're kind of walking. He'll, uh, stop and, uh, say or ask leaf you're not wearing 
obviously have any heavy metals, right? No, of course not. He just looks at you strangely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I swear it, it sounds like you're wearing quite a bit of metal sometimes I mean he, he just kind of like picks at his his like shirt or whatever and uh, he's just it's it's hide uh, I don't typically carry much in the way of metal on my person beside maybe my tools and they're back at the wagon well then perhaps the dreams are getting to me uh, I could have sworn it sounded like you were, uh, uh, and I quote, walking around in full plate. Dreams. Did did you have a premonition as well? <laughs> uh, Riley chuckles just a little bit and says, you could say that, um, but I take it you've also had something occur tonight? Uh... A, f- a friendly presence, I suppose, reached out to offer assistance. S- something to do with a crusade of silver flame. Leaf, you would be aware that you can conjure such a silver flame in your hand, at least for now. Then I do so. I just kind of like palms it, holds it out so Riley can see it. Uh, I take it you weren't always capable of doing that? No. This is, uh, definitely new. I'm starting to, uh, get concerned by the sheer number of entities and forces that seem to want to make our acquaintances these days. Well, I don't claim to understand it, Leaf, but I suppose we are God-touched. There are, uh, I would imagine, many individuals and entities and creatures that would seek some sort of uh, benefit from associating with us. Yeah. uh, You don't tend to need tools unless there's a job which they're needed for I suppose I'm just worried what exactly all of this is going to be building up toward well as long as it's something that we can support ourselves something good something that helps those around us then there can't be much harm in it I suppose you're right. What uh, did you see? Riley clears his throat and just like says the truth. <laughs> Leaf does his best to read into it, but <laughs> he, he just kind of like waves his hand on for more. It's a lot of dream stuff. A, a lot of things that don't quite 
makes sense and that I wouldn't be doing justice in describing. But the long and the short of it is that I meant an entity that identified itself as the truth, essentially. And I was able to find some insights into a number of questions that I had. And, um... Uh... I, I got some interesting information, but most uh, prevalent of which is, uh... I've now ascertained the identity of the man who has killed my father. Who? Where? The creature's name is Gareth, and he is a chosen of Gorham. I would like uh, everybody, including Brock, be it at his minus 10 uh, to make perceptions, please. Okay, I'm going to actively choose a different die this time. Okay. <laughs> oh boy, that helped. I got a 14. That's 16 with the minus 10. And Leaf got a 27. Alright, so uh, Brock, you would awaken as a a swirling purple and blue light uh, shines in your face uh, and wakes you. Um, Leaf, from where you are standing, you would just faintly take notice of an odd-colored light uh, near the other side of camp uh, while you're talking with Riley. So, like, just in the middle of their conversation, he sees the light, and uh, he, he, like, touches a hand to, to Riley's shoulder. He points, and then starts like jogging over towards the camp that's fair brock what are what are you doing brock's quickly just gonna kind of jump up and try and see what this light is where it's coming from you know try and take note of his surroundings or whatever this is right so as you get up you you see from betwixt some of the trees at the side of the road a mildly familiar sight though it be in a different shape a portal of swirling purple and blue light. You see two figures emerge from it. A slight figure shadowed against the light and a more familiar figure, that of the violite that facilitated your returning to the material plane in the first place. Estrina. Shadow, uh, you've just walked through the portal and Estrina has followed you and they are conversating in Shay uh, to note. Uh, just as he sees figures kind of walking out of the woods, he'd probably like get ready to like form some weapons or something out of his kineticist abilities. But as he notices that it's the figure from that basically brought them back home, he would kind of relax a little bit. He would say, oh, um, you've met us on this side. What brings you here? You're probably still a good like 20 feet away. Oh, he would be approaching them then as he speaks. Okay. A moment before this happens, uh, Shadow, you and Estrina uh, exit through the portal, uh, and she turns to you, and Enshay, uh, now Nisa, this is a quick way, the road is nearby, and you follow it that way, if you are seeking this shadow town, it is called Thorn. But I do not know where I'll have to go, Grandmama, but, uh, 
do me a favor. What is this, darling? If a uh, Grayson comes to to visit, you tell him that you saw me and that I am well. Of course. I should hope he comes soon, but... And then at this point, this is when Brock's like, hey, and walking up. Estrina will turn, and she will speak in uh, Dark Common. I did not expect to see you here. Is, uh, is this one going to try to stab us? I do not think so. I helped him leave. You remember the group in the small shadow town I told you of? Oh, yes. Uh, the idiots that uh, come through and fight with the Titans. Yes. Uh, and then it'll turn, she'll turn back to you and again in Undercommon. Did you need something? Or is this a, what do you call it, a coincidence? Um, I, I suppose it would be a coincidence, but you seem to have stumbled upon our camp. Hmm. That is unexpected. Of course, we cannot see the other side before moving through. Perhaps it is a happy circumstance. This one here, and she motions to uh, Shadow. She is in need to travel in search of something. Perhaps if you would like to offer some sort of recompense, you could guide her on your way to the nearest city. And Shadow, you would, of course, realize that she's just not giving away personal relationship information here. Right. We are on our way to Thorn currently, if that is acceptable as the nearest city. Great, Mama. I do not need protection. It is my job to protect the travelers. Yes, Thorn, uh, this is the city she's seeking for now. We are already on our way. It shouldn't be too much trouble to watch over someone else. Do not watch over. All right, and I think around this point is when Leaf and Riley would arrive. Brock would probably look really confused as they walk out of the woods. Because <laughs> that's not what he would expect. <laughs> <laughs> we, they've both got that damn dwarf's lipstick all over them. <laughs> Brock, is, is everything okay? Uh, y- yes, uh, Estrina has asked that we take... Uh, and he would kind of look at Shadow, I guess, expecting kind of like a name to be said. Like he would, like kind of, because she had been introduced. Shadow. Oh, I uh, am, uh, the Shadow of the Silent Seven. Yes. Um, that we take Shadow to Thorn. Uh, I suppose as repayment for bringing us well back home. Um, go ahead and make me religion checks. Those that have them and Brock. So. <laughs> From Brock. Brock. Brock has <laughs> just said not Riley. That would have been fine. <laughs> oh, I forgot you actually put a rank in religion. I was just no, going to let didn't. you uncap it. <laughs> That's no, an no, eight. no, I was talking about Brock. Oh, okay. Uh, only, yeah. only seven. Okay, so never mind. Neither of you know what the silent seven are. Um, and I, I'm rolling so good tonight. My rolls are on point. They're on point for you. Sorry, continue. Uh, but yes, we are We've been asked to take Shadow to Thorn and as repayment for being brought, well, home. That's fine, but what is Shadow's business in Thorn? I have only begun speaking to them, so I I haven't gotten the chance to ask. Then I open the question to the group. 
and Riley gestures to the uh, newest arrivals. I seek a man. Uh, he is a Gael, and he has information on the dragons. You're seeking someone with information on dragons? Yes. That's curious and interesting. Do you seek dragons for? Only one dragon. I had to find and have to kill the dragon and, uh, or at least uh, get its blood somehow, most likely kill, yes? You're, you're going to kill dragons and thorn? No, no, no. The Gelol in the thorn has information about where you can find the dragon. I see. Grandmama, I do not think they understand me. Huh? It's okay. Well, I, I suppose we we do owe you a favor from our time back in Gera, and uh, we're already escorting uh, people that way, so what's one more? I would appreciate it. Personally, of course. The, the grandmama, she worries too much, yes? Roads are dangerous now. It is uh, best to be cautious. I am dangerous. Leaf, go ahead and roll me a uh, planes check. Oh, I'm going to roll planes so hard. Natural 20 for a 23. Oof, man. You would know the word that she keeps saying, Kaal. It's the proper name for what most people refer to as fetchlands. Uh, and you would likely identify her as one such Kaal, albeit uh, behind her uh, equipment, her face mostly covered. Her eyes glow with an inner violet light, not unlike the flames of the violet. You would know that uh, fetchling is a pretty racist term for them, actually, because it's it's essentially like calling a halfling a slip. It's a slave name. Gotcha. So the preferred term is KL then? Yes. I guess he's he's going to speak to her in like Spanglish or whatever like the the Kaol equivalent would be just say um Kaol uh, bueno Grandma, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, you did not tell me they were touched in the head <laughs> um the other two of you uh, roll me intelligence checks oh see how dumb that was <laughs> 12 it's a 12 Whatever it is, it gets reduced by one after I had said that. Well, <laughs> um, both of you would identify her as a fetchling. And that is the term you know. Um, if you want to actually uh, the, uh, say the something Tracy not stupid. The, the Tracy thinks that the Brock should get the role for the tattoo as well. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, make me a perception, Brock, for one. Tattoos! Okay, so you would notice that on her right arm uh there is a tattoo that very much resembles the holy symbol for desna except that instead of being like this blue butterfly it's a black butterfly with little with a star symbol on the thorax so to me it looks like she's basically got a tattooed holy symbol of desna on her arm right uh and since that's been noticed do you want to go ahead and give the full description of uh, Shadow? Uh, no, because I cannot open the document. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, Shadow is five foot seven inches tall. Her skin is a 
gray color with a slight purplish tint. She has deep purple hair and lips with violet eyes, all of which have a slight violet glow to them. She has a very athletic build, much like a gymnast. Her right arm is tattooed, uh, as stated. She has black studded leather armor that is sleeveless with a black velvet hood and built-in face cover that reveals nothing but her eyes. She wears black studded leather bracers on her forearms. Two star knives adorn her hips, a short bow and quiver slung across her back. One hand is covered by a fingerless glove of deep purple. Okay, there. Then instead of Bueno, he says, uh, <laughs> KL Shadow, uh, the, I'm Leaf. This is Riley. And this is Brock. These are your uh, giving names, yes? Sure. Yes, uh, cannot use. Um, is against the rules, need a formal name. <laughs> Riley uh, will just kind of maneuver himself between Brock and Leaf, put a hand <laughs> on his shoulder and say, did, oh, did no. she just ask for a formal name? Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, miss, Riley will take a step forward. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he takes a very deep breath and says, you may call me. Riley, Riley Morheim of the Riley Morheim Guild, formerly known as the Riley Morheim Company, son of Verrett and Allery Morheim, heart's kin to Victoria Renwaltz, her royal majesty, patron of the Blackfish Tavern, rival of the Flying Highwayman, twice slayer and nemesis of Black Keep Commander Mansfield, survivor of Starlight and champion of Caden Callion, definitely not aware, rat, savior of Gira at your service. And he does a deep bow. This one uh, speaks a lot. <laughs> uh, but uh, I am the shadow of the Silent Seven, formerly uh, known as uh, Nisa. And uh, Riley looks up and says, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Morhan, who are these two? <laughs> Uh, Riley just like glances over his shoulder at Brock and says, do you, do you have the whole formal name covered or are you just going by Brock still? Brock should do well enough. He's not appropriate. Uh, <clears throat> then Riley clears his throat, uh, straightens up, says, uh, well, my companion here is Brock Lanhard, champion of Desna, who has four votes in Riley Morheim's guild, formerly known as Riley Morheim's company, fortunately still led by Riley, Riley Morheim. Her face would light up when he said Desna, and she would turn directly to you. Uh, uh, Mr. Leonhardt? Yes. You you know the Desna? Yes, I fortunately have had the, uh, the pleasure of meeting her. She is a good woman. That she is, yes, I see. And he would kind of point to her tattoo that you, uh, you know of her as well. This is uh, the uh, black butterfly, the uh, shadow of Desna. The shadow of Desna? Yes, uh, also called the, the Silence in Between. I don't think I have heard of her. I am Priestess. You know Priestess, yes? Yes. Is that right, Grandmama? Yes. Y- yes. I am Priestess, uh, and the, the brother is the priest, and then there is five others, just the Silence Seven, because that is how math works. <laughs> <laughs> That that is indeed how math works. But um, can can you tell me of Desna's shadow? Oh yes, yes. Uh, 
The Desna teaches yes that uh, one learn by uh, travel yes the outward path. The shadow teaches the travel of the inside path um, to learn self. One must uh, listen in the silence between the breath and thoughts and discover the truth of oneself. Yes, is a uh, meditation. Yes, meditation is is quite beneficial to uh, to oneself. Yes, this is quite a good teaching. They they have two paths. Two goddesses, two paths. Go same place. It seems to be quite a uh, quite a good place to be headed to. Yes, but uh, first I had to find the dragon. I ask why you need to kill this dragon or get its blood. Yes, its blood, um, because uh, Grandmama and Papa they are the uh, the shade, the violets. Do you know this? I've met her. It's her right there. Yes. Yes. And uh, the Shay, the Shay is uh, powerful, yes. I have to do some things that are very, very difficult, and so I need the power. And the uh, blood of the dragon will help me get the power. Make sense? Um, yes. So, I find the chaos, I ask the questions, then I go and I find the dragon, then I get the blood, and then I do the ritual, and then I have the power to go and finish the quest. Uh, Riley l- lights up a little bit and just like leans over to Brock and like whispers in his ear a little bit. I think what she's talking about is a term we use as experience. You know, once you defeat powerful foes, you feel that you can achieve greater tasks. This seems very much like that. And yes, killing a dragon should do such a thing. more than that uh is there a ritual you know ritual oh yes i I believe some people believe you need a good night's rest to really capitalize on the experience you get from slaying Uh, oh no it's a ritual that uh only the uh children of the shay can have oh okay well that's not entirely true and uh you'll notice you'll notice that uh estrina there are now four of her. Okay, that's unsettling. <laughs> See? You get the blood, you do the ritual, and then you make uh, the copies. Yes? Because uh, Shadow need the copies because the humans do not like Shadow and they say no work with Shadow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm still thrown off that there's suddenly four of her. Yeah, Brock, Brock's just <laughs> yes. like thrown off by this whole situation. He's just stunned. She, she do that sometimes. Oh, that's just the thing that happens. And yes. you, you wish to do this? The, yes. This, this thing? The copies, uh, which you can tell which ones are the copies. They do seem to interact, or they do seem to act independently of her, but she will m- wave with her hand and they'll vanish. Okay, who is the smart one? I'm well, look at Leaf. Well, <laughs> uh, according to this interaction, none. <laughs> and Brock's gonna look at Leaf because historically he's been the smart one. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Riley values Leaf's smarts. I, I, I think we can. I thoroughly identify the Le- Leaf as the smart one of the three of us. Bueno. Okay, what is the name? The formal name, sir. Leaf, Gold Thrush, Finger Guns. Okay, 
Mr. Mr. Finger Guns. I explained to you, <laughs> and you explained to friends, yes? I'll try. Okay. The Black <laughs> Butterfly. She is goddess. I am priestess. Okay? And the butterfly say, you go, you get this thing, and you put it somewhere so that I can help save the world. You understand? I think she's talking about the totems and the spires. And then, oh. Shadow put with group of humans, yes? And they're supposed to work with Shadow, but the humans say, no, is a fetch thing, ugly word, right? And says, uh, no, no shadows. And they send Shadow away. So Shadow go visit the grandmama. You have grandmama? Of sorts. Okay, yes, understand then. Okay, so grandmama say, you get the blood of the dragon and you do the ritual. And then you can make more more shadows. And then you'll be strong enough to go and get the thing for the black butterfly. Yes, understand? Most of that. Okay, now you tell friends. Although I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by creating more shadows. Like like the grandmama just did. She created you just now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, uh, the, what is the word, grandmama? Shadow duplicates. Duplicates. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. No, no, no. See, grandmama, she created papa, and papa created me. And not come from, like, growing trees or nothing. Like, out of character, is, is that how, like, fetchlings reproduce? Is they just, like, cast a shadow on something and a baby crawls no, out? N- no, they <laughs> fuck like everything else. <laughs> Where's the comma in that sentence? Because I feel like it's important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they fuck like uh, everything else. They, they just fuck everything else. <laughs> so they're birds. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I'm not. I'm not answering where the comma goes. You'll you'll feel a somewhat chilly hand settle on your shoulder, Leaf, and behind you is another, obviously not the original version of Estrina, and it whispers in your ear like this, and vanishes. Just, I, I kind of feel like, like Box has been watching this whole thing, like <laughs> peeking over the cart, and he just kind of like slams his hand down on the roof whenever he sees something sneak up and like touch Leaf. <laughs> so like the the whole like thing right there is like super startling and, and abrupt, and uh, he stomps he, over like an angry toddler. <laughs> <laughs> he he sees the thing disappear, but he's like checks over both of his shoulders before he continues the conversation. Uh, I see. Okay. So yeah, she she works for this um, sh- shadow butterfly, or she she's the uh, the chosen of this shadow butterfly, and I believe uh, she's been tasked with a similar totem inspire Gaius as us, and she can also duplicate herself, and she wants to find this dragon and perform a ritual. I, I think that's the gist of it. Riley leans over to Leaf a little bit and says, you do understand that you two were basically speaking in common, correct? Uh, yeah. I've been able to follow along. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm the smart one, though. If I put it in English, it makes me sound smarter. I, I, I too did understand. Thank, thank, thank you. Ray Malkin saunters up to Shadow, sits in front of her, 
narrows his eyes at her and says, Feed me, bitch! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. These are very good language, dear kitty cat. You can't understand. I don't it. think you can understand it. <laughs> like at first, him. I thought that was a joke, and then I remembered. Oh yeah, that's right. Leaf can oh, hear Leaf that. Leaf can talk Yes, like like the cat just goes. <laughs> just he just like frowns at the cat, and he's like, "Shut up, Gray Malkin. <laughs> now, now is not the time." <laughs> oh my god, my cat's turning into like an, a domestic abuser. <laughs> okay. Uh, then I, I I think I understand. Yes, and by extension, obviously, do we understand as well? E, the three of you think together. I mean, we have our moments. We've made an effective team so far. Yes, but um, to be fair, the night is still relatively young, and I'm thoroughly awake for the time being. I see no reason to force your departure from our growing guild. And the fire is quite big, so if you would like to stick around, both of you are welcome to have a seat around the fire, and perhaps we can talk for some time. I must return. This portal cannot stay open forever. But I will see her off, and she'll turn back to our Ninche. Nisa, you know if you ever need anything, you come and find me again. I know, Grandma, but uh, I will be okay. I have uh, the protection when I sleep, and I have uh, three gold sovereigns. Yes, that gold will go far for inns, but it will not purchase much. Keep an eye on it. People will steal. I shall leave it in my room, then. Very well. I must bid you goodbye for now. I will see you someday soon, I hope, granddaughter. I should try not to take too long. I must go. You will watch the Grayson. I will keep an eye out for him. And she'll turn back to the group. I leave her in your care, then. I must go. We'll take good care of her. Indeed. Thank you again for your help. You're welcome. And she will turn and fly back into the portal, and it will close. Do not uh, let Grandmama worry you. Uh, it's uh, part of my job to uh, protect the travelers, yes? So uh, the shadow is not helpless. Grandmama, they, they just worry too much. Well, uh, that's fortunate, I suppose. Uh, better than the alternative. She has uh, become very protective since Papa died. Well, I I, I noticed uh, you you said you had several sovereigns, but uh, do you have a sleeping bag, accommodations, or do you have supplies? Well, I have uh, I have the room that the back butterfly give me. Um, I perfectly safe at night. Nothing else can come in. Nothing can get to me or hurt me. And I have uh, the blankets and the pillows and everything I need. Ah, the the room. You were given a room? Yes. Carry this room with you? Yes. It's a magic room. Yes. You want to see? I would love to see. Yes, if you you do not mind, that would be a... You have to uh, uh, hold the hands. I'll play along. Oh, uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the voice of the god will have to uh, explain what happens. <laughs> All right, so uh, when you join hands, uh, she focuses for a moment, and you'll see the tattoo on her arm literally just, like, 
peel off and uh, flap its wings a few times, to which, from your point of view, it becomes uh, quite massive. The world around you fades from view as these black wings wrap around you, and a relatively small room filled with little points of starlight in the walls and ceiling now surrounds you. You can describe the rest of the room as you'd like. It has uh, in the right corner all the pillows and throw blankets, and in the left corner it has the chest in the back, and in the front corner it has a altar that has the shrine to the back butterfly. I don't know what I was expecting to be honest, but um, wh- where are we again? This is the <clears throat> okay. Uh, you went to the uh, plane with the shadow, right? Yes, we stumbled into that. Okay. Uh, is not the only plane. Is many, many planes, yes? Yes, so I'm told. And the black butterfly make a little bitty plane just for me. Wow. Lucky. And so when I sleep at night, uh, nothing can come in. So it's perfectly safe. And the, the chest hold my stuff so I do not uh, get bogged down. Brock is going to look around. Is there like a door? No. Uh, the walls seem to be made out of a black material. You would notice that overhead some of the stars seem to move as if this vastly dark material actually has gaps and there is a night sky whooshing by above it but there are also stars almost embedded into the walls themselves but no doors uh, yeah he's gonna walk up to the wall and just kind of touch it and look back and just gonna say uh it's soft almost satiny and how do you uh believe you say uh shadow i don't want to be here and i say you're not allowed here and it throw you out riley actually chuckles a little bit <laughs> I, I suppose that is a simple enough way yeah. to to handle the situation then. <laughs> you know, a lot of people use doors for entering in and out of rooms, but I think I like your methods better. But this is not a normal room, it's plain. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, so it has to have different way. You cannot open door and go to shadow. This this makes sense. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> how how long are you in the shadow? In the, in, in the plane of the shadow. Um, and how many rounds of combat was that? You were there a little over an hour. Of, uh, an hour or two, maybe. Not long, to be honest. Then mm. I uh, do not know much of the plane of shadow, but uh, see uh, the, the this shadow, when her was Denisa, her was baby, her was born there and grew up there, and so knows... Uh, very much the shadow plane because uh, the girl mama still lived there. I think I'm following along. Though, uh, lucky you and lucky me, we still have several days worth of travel between here and Thorn for us to converse and get to know each other. I mean, yes. it's only fair if we're going to be traveling together. And plus, I have many a great tales to tell you about our exploits as we travel. Specifically, he puts a hand on Brock. Um, how Brock was oh. vital no, no, no. <laughs> in deterring a great adversary of our party. 
It's, it, it's not like you were startled awake by the appearance of Shadow and her relative, right? Right? <laughs> Can I auto-pass my sense motive? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How this gonna, how's this going to go? There is, you are met with silence? Uh, 10 on die brings me to an 18. So uh, Riley just clears his throat, and he also goes silent for a second. And then his eyes narrow, and he says, What happened to the window at the end, Brock? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think think that is the perfect place to end the episode. No. No. No? Yes, I do. I'm leaving. Bye, guys. It was great. Brock is going to look at Shadow and he is going to say, I I do not want to be here anymore. Okay. (laughs) Wait, you know what, Shadow? Neither do I. (laughs) No. The room of judgment. (laughs) So so how's Shadow going to handle this? You weren't supposed to come to. He's just going to dismiss the entire room. Great. All right. So you all reappear back in the woods. And, uh, (laughs) The tattoo is firmly back on her arm. So uh, yeah, Riley just crosses his arms. Um, uh, you're, you're right. We're gonna we're gonna leave. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end there. That's we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna why don't we take a seat around the fireplace and Brock can nah. tell us a couple of stories? Hmm? No, nah, we're gonna go ahead and end there. Hi there. My name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. Good eye. this is Dick Horney. Inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler, cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into. Elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Dustress Podcast on Twitter for details. Well, 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 these are the city slickers they send me. Asking for wine and a pretty glass. How about that? 
I mean, I, I did ask for the wine, but not exactly the pretty glass. Do you dig the graves yourself? I do. Seems tiresome, especially as of late. I've heard you had a few new arrivals. Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit weird lately. Uh, I'm not complaining too much because most of these people that wind up dead, there ain't too much left to bury, so I don't even have to dig a full grave. As this collides in with him, his neck shoots back in this contorted position and it says, I am the vanguard of the ancients. And then causes his entire body to explode, sending just pieces of gore and viscera across the entirety of the tavern. There's just stunned looks on everybody's faces except for the man in black who is currently still playing his guitar. LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5e podcast. Our current adventure is set in the fantasy Wild West and features orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D wherever you get your podcasts or head over to lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody, may the Elder Gods haunt your dreams. <laughs> <laughs>